Hello, and welcome to the Just Go Love Yourself podcast with your host, Amanda Garrett. Today, I am talking to Kelly Roll, one of my dearest friends. Uh, Kelly is a fiery social media mar- <laughs> and marketing uh, and launch strategist business coach. Uh, she's a two times international best-selling author on uh podcast host of the love yourself fiercely podcast i've been on it go check it out uh and also kelly has experienced huge expansion in her journey and with her clients she leads them to grow wildly successful businesses expand their power and lead themselves to their greatness as well as to live wonderful lives in complete alignment that is whoo girl (laughs) that is just unbelievable you are and I mean there's so much more that's like the little synopsis right but I oh I just I'm I'm so inspired of you in you I think we've known each other for like six years now yeah Um, and to watch you grow has been absolutely unbelievable so I want you to share your story and, and let us know like where you, where you kind of started and, and where you've come and, and how it's all led to what you're doing now. I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, it's, I love that you've known me for 11 years because you truly have been witness to so much of it, right? It's like people have watched me grow and fall and stand up and grow and fall and stand up and pivot um, for the last uh, almost a decade in the online space. But my journey really began as um, one of learning how to get out of rock bottom. I gave birth to a beautiful little girl in 2011. And I had this wonderful vision of the white picket fence and the perfect little life and, and the love that stretched miles and miles long. And uh, very soon after she was born, I became a single mom, a brand new mom with every hope and dream she had for her life crushed. And uh, I just kind of sat at rock bottom, (laughs) just sat there sad and devastated. But really, um, it was the greatest sadness that led me to the greatest versions of myself. And this is really hard for people to understand when I say it that way, because how, how do you do that? But the truth is, I really just had a lot of pivotal moments in my journey where I now know we're like universal guidance of like, just get up, girl, just get up. But I remember this particular moment with Rai, she was probably four or five months old. And you know, it felt like a movie. It was pouring rain. She was crying. It was the middle of the night. I was crying. She was crying. It's pouring rain, right? It's one of those scenes from the movie. And I looked down at this little girl and I thought, never again, never again will I allow a man, a person to have that much control over how I feel about myself and over my dead body was going to, was I going to raise another generation to do the same? And that for me was really the beginning of my self-love and self-discovery journey. Because up until that moment, I didn't know this world even existed. I had no idea. But I did know that I 
was not willing to spend another moment of my life shape-shifting into what I thought the world wanted me to be in order to be loved. Because at the end of every broken relationship, every tarnished relationship, I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel enough. And I knew that I couldn't go on that way because I, I wasn't going to bring her up in an environment where she gave that much of herself to other people and inevitably felt as though who she was was not enough. And so I dove into personal development. I read every book I could find in, you know, the bookstore. And I started to learn a lot about where I had done myself wrong. And I gained radical self-responsibility and took radical ownership over my my decisions for the first 25 years of my life to become somebody I wasn't in order to be liked, in order to have friends, in order to not be in trouble at home, in order to try and fight for the favorite kid, in order to be loved by men. I had to really look at my life and say, a lot of this was because I I didn't feel enough in who I really was. And so I made choices at that time to evaluate who I was. Who were you then? If you weren't that person and you weren't that person and you weren't that version, who were you? Who are you? And the truth is I had no idea. But that excited me because it gave me an opportunity to create myself, recreate myself. And that is the beginning of everything, is the decision to become the woman I desired to be, become the mother I desired to be, become the friend I desired to be, become the, the, just this woman who knew herself, honored herself, trusted herself, and went after what she really wanted. And so Let's fast forward because I could tell 17 versions of it. But essentially, at some point in time, I believe it was about 2015, 2016, I got this really strong pull to kind of just share in on Facebook because normal people didn't air their dirty laundry on social media back then. But me, I did that. Um, I really just kind of took people along for the ride of what I was learning because I knew that I wasn't the only woman who didn't feel enough. I knew I wasn't the only single mother who felt judged. I knew that there were so many of us who had this deeply ingrained sense of being unworthy and Everything that I was learning and everything that I was putting into practice was radically transforming my my vision for myself, the way I saw myself, the way I carried myself, the way I, I enjoyed my own presence for the first time in my life. And so I started sharing this, just my experience. It was like, it was like my journal, right? I was so open and so real and so raw and very quickly, I grew a pretty substantial network of women choosing themselves and choosing this journey and recognizing that they did have choice. And that is kind of how it all really came into play. And since 2016, all of those fancy little accolades you read out at the beginning have just been an unfolding of 
claiming my space in this world, taking up space and, and really falling in love with the process of finding myself, believing in myself, um, cherishing my relationship with myself and prioritizing my own vision for my life. And so, yeah, it sounds all fancy and shiny and new, but like, I'm just you and you're like, I'm just like everybody listening to this podcast, but I, I made a choice on, on where I wanted to, to lead myself and where I wanted to go. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's been a wild ride. Mm, I'm so proud of you. It's such a beautiful story and it so resonates with so many people because uh, especially women, like we believe that we're not good enough at such a young age. And then that follows us through our whole lives. Like even for myself, that was my thing. And I didn't feel loved enough and I didn't. And then I ended up being around people who loved me, but treated me like crap. Right. Mm -hmm. So because I, and then I allowed it so much and and like you said you're breaking generational curses you don't want that for your daughter and I feel the same way for mine you know like I really want them to just feel confident and loved and safe because when we were growing up in the generation we grew up in we didn't because that's not how our parents were raised but now we get to change that and i think it's absolutely amazing and i just i love your story i think it's so wonderful and i know there's so much more that goes on behind <laughs> it right i mean there is and we could write entire books about our journeys and everything mm-hmm. like that um but i told and i and and you said the dark moments like you really that some people may not understand that I totally resonate with that. I know that in the darkest moments of my life, there's been so much growth and change. So I totally understand that. And I mean, a lot of people in like our world and growing themselves, they start to notice that, right? They start to witness that those darker times, they're not, they're not like the worst because you can grow and move through through them and then it's all part of the progress of your life like your life is to be progressive and that's the only way that we can be if you're if you're sitting still you're not growing and if you're sitting still well you're bored to be honest right Mm -hmm. like I couldn't I couldn't just not do anything and then I'd feel stuck and when you feel stuck you're you're not it's like icky right it's like perfection perfection is icky. I talked about this in another, and another thing. Perfection is being stuck. Like I totally, that's what I think. And, and progress, progress is being progressive and moving forward. And I love, I love that. That's just how you, you pick yourself up. You picked yourself up so many times and you're just, Oh, you're such a force. That's why I call you fiery because, (laughs) and if you go and check Kelly out on Instagram, you'll see why I call her fiery. She's so awesome. Um, and the shifts you've made by taking the responsibility, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to take the responsibility. It, it will change your entire life when you do that. When you take responsibility, okay, I made the decision to feel this way and I'm the one that then looked for it everywhere, right? Like that's how it comes into your life, right? Mm-hmm. The not enoughness, the, the not loved, the, all those things, right? And so when you take that responsibility, it shifts you into like these huge, wonderful things, even if it's years later, when you you, you realize it, <laughs> it's years yeah. later, 
it takes time. It's a process, but it's, it's a really beautiful, like cracking open of something. Right. And, um, it reminds me of that, that story about the, the Buddha and it's cracked and then they see the gold inside. Right. It's like, it's like covered in this like clay. And then they like, didn't even know that it was gold underneath. I love that. And I think we're all like that. It's like cracking of us. Yeah. There's so many things you said there that I want to impact. So I'm going to try to go backwards. Um, you know, when we talk about radical self-responsibility, some people get really triggered by that, right? Because they've been through some really terrible things that were done to them. Mm -hmm. And so there is a level of victimization that occurs. And I believe this is true, whether your trauma is little T trauma or big T trauma. Mm on in some capacity, in some way, most of us have been victimized at some point in our life. And so this, this understanding of taking responsibility for where you are is really difficult for some people. Oh yeah. But the way that I like to explain it is like, you're, you're walking with it anyways. It's part of you. It consumes you. That story that trauma has had control over how you show up in this world since the day it happened. And so this understanding of radical self-responsibility of how we have allowed it to overpower us allows us to reclaim our own personal power within that, right? So many of us with these core wounds, it's not that we can't put them down. It's that we haven't recognized both conceptually and and emotionally that they literally are overpowering every ounce of who we are in this world. And women are all fiery. We all Mm -hmm. have a little bit of rebellion in us. Like the fuck you will hold me back. (laughs) Right. It's like when we allow ourselves permission to be that kind of powerful woman, Only then can we take responsibility of how we have allowed it to continue and release that. So that's the first thing I want to say, because I know someone got pissed right there that was listening. Like, no, somebody did something to me. And it's like, remember when we're activated, it's just something to grow through. Right. It's like we're (laughs) illuminating the parts of us that still need some love and compassion. Yeah. And, And they need some attention and understanding. And if we can illuminate the fact that you have a let, you have let something or someone that did you wrong navigate and have control over the past XYZ years since that incident occurred. If I can illuminate that for one of your listeners and have her realize the fucky will, the fuck she will hold that much power over me and do the work to regain control and take responsibility for who she is from this moment forward then it's worth the trigger, right? That's such a powerful piece of this journey. So I wanted to illuminate that. And then there was something else you said. (laughs) Nuts, I missed it. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. It might come back to you, right? Yeah. It come back around for sure. No, I love that. And this is why I love Kelly. You can hear it in her. She's so passionate about women just being who they really are and pulling things out, right? So, I mean, everybody knows I talk so much about self-love and compassion and stress management and all the things. So we're going to talk about that as well here. Um, 
because I mean it says in her podcast you know to to love yourself fiercely (laughs) so Kelly is big on loving yourself and the compassion it takes to do so so Kelly can you expand a little bit on on the that yeah absolutely so when I entered the coaching space and and started all of this journey it was all about um self reclamation and self honorance and self love that to me was the biggest gap in my own evolution but it was also the biggest gap for women collectively so many of us don't even understand how we got to where we are today feeling the way that we do right there's not enough ooh you just triggered it i remember ha ha <laughs> Because it feeds beautifully. So, you know, we often wait, it, it feels like we wake up one day and we're like, how did I get here? I did all the right things. I did what I was supposed to do. And I still feel that, 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 not enough, unworthy, unlovable, um, mediocre, dissatisfied. You know, how many of us look at our lives and think, is this it? I've got the partner, I've got the kids, I've got the house, I've got the job, I've got, why do I feel dissatisfied in my world? And then we shame ourselves for it because we should be happy. But in reality, we talk about, you know, self-acceptance and self-compassion and learning to love yourself. And the way to that is to understand who you are. And that goes back full circle to what I said is I didn't know who I was. And what I just remembered is we talked about, like, you mentioned something about not knowing, you know, or wanting our kids to have a different understanding of themselves. The truth is society has asked us to be different and to um, step away from our individuality and conform into what they decide we should be from the moment we enter the school system. And so by the time we're five, six, seven, and can view ourselves as a human in a, in the world, we have been told that our individuality does not fit the mold. It has been conditioned right out of who we are. And so we just follow that path of conformity. We do what we're supposed to do. We become who we're supposed to be. And we disconnect connect from our truth. We disconnect from our natural innate femininity. We disconnect from so many pieces of us that make us so incredibly magical. And by the time we understand ourselves in this world and we're looking at our life going, how the fuck did I get here? It's like, we don't know the answer to that because now we've got 10, 15, 20, 25 years of unraveling to say, the decades. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I never even got the chance to embrace my greatness before that was pushed aside. So when we talk about my passion for self-love, it really is, it's, it's so much about reclamation of who we always were. And the world told us, sit down, be quiet. This is the way in which things are done. Maybe your home told you you're too much, you're too loud, you're too emotional, you're too sensitive. Maybe the school said that. Maybe your friends said that. Maybe your partner said that. You, you know, we've got this 
this lifetime of experiences where people are are making us question our individuality, our authenticity, who we really are, the way we self-express, the way we desire to love, the way we desire to be loved. There is so much here. And we wake up and we go, I don't know who I am and I don't know what I want and nothing makes me happy. And I don't remember the last time I felt real joy. And where do I go from here? And so it's like giving yourself permission to A, make it okay that you feel that way, right? Can we stop shaming ourselves that like we did everything right, quote unquote, and we still feel shitty about it? Can we stop the shame cycles on that? Because you did everything right based on someone else's narrative of what right looks like. Yeah. You were not allowed to self-express in the way you were led, the way you came into this world. Amanda's been in my life for a really long time. And I'm sure she's heard me say this a bajillion times, but it's like, can you remember being a kid and being so consumed in the things you love the most, like Mm -hmm. the dancing, the making of your own dances, the singing at the top of your lungs, the magic shows, the art, the self-expression, the fashion. Like we let little kids play with their self-expression until we don't. Mm -hmm. And then we expect that we grow up into these adults who then all of a sudden they're going to find those pieces of ourselves anymore. And we don't. Mm-hmm. Because we don't remember. We can't connect to that version of us. But that version of you, that that fiery, spunky, sweet, self-expressive little girl is the gateway to your reclamation. Because she was fully and completely authentically in her feminine energy. She is you. And so love yourself fiercely was born out of a need for us to understand that a, it wasn't our fault that we felt this way collectively B there was a safe space in the world where we could reclaim it and C we could start to bring awareness to the reasons why, right. We can start to stop blaming ourselves, stop shaming ourselves, stop victimizing ourselves and start empowering ourselves to reclaim our space in this world. Yeah. And it has mm. just flourished into something Mm-mm-mm. rebellious so and yeah, which is good. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's so good. And you just you just provide a space that allows other women to do that, to come out, to to be who they really are and allow themselves to be that playful person again, you know. And I love that. I love that about the the coaching space, like with coaches that do this. And like I I love to to do like a joy list. I talk about this a lot. It's like write down everything you love to do, whether it's dancing, you know, it could be anything color. Like I love coloring books. I have coloring books. I color all the time. It's a beautiful stress management thing. And it just feels like a meditation. You're not really thinking of anything. You're focusing on that. And And, you know, like I just, you go back to those times where like, I like, I actually like doing I make up dances all the time (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I do dance parties but then I also do like some random ballet like I was I never took ballet but I just know that I can move in a certain way right yeah so (laughs) I do that and and so when you you were talking about like the that as a child we do all these things and and then all of a sudden we we don't and or we can't or we're told no 
And I remember my daughter uh, a few years ago, she's, so she's 13 now. She probably, it was, maybe she's like 11. So um, she wanted this like kids food kit from Toys R Us. And I was like, no, you're 11. Like, why would you want to get that? (laughs) Like, I just didn't understand. And she got really upset because she really wanted it. (laughs) And, um, and then I, by the end of our like time there, I was like, you know what, go get it. Cause I'm not going to stop you if it's going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she played with her siblings and they did groceries and they did like, it was fun. It created experiences and, and why, who am I to squash that part of her that is still right. choosing to do that? You know, like, why can't I go out and buy one of those things and play with it? Like, why does yes. it mean that I can't, I can't, that we can't, if it's something that will bring us experiences of joy, Right. So that really, like, that's something that really came up for me when you were talking about that. And and I just, I love, I just love the way that you, you talk about things so much. Um, I really think that so many people can just get so much from what you say. Um, and then we were talking about, you were talking about the decades, you know, um, of, of, my memory just went, whoo. Um, <laughs> unlearning unraveling unlearning. and yeah. and the thing is I always say don't um don't worry about the coping mechanism right because we have these decades of coping mechanisms we have these decades of habits 30 years right or more or mm-hmm. you know 20 years a, a decade like whatever it may be whatever age you are we have these decades that we have had these habitual thoughts for so long that like we have to give ourselves grace Mm -hmm. it's so much like trying to change a habit that you've had for decades whoo come on right but that's why you get in with community and people and support who are doing it with you it makes a huge difference so coaching um having friends it doesn't have to you don't have to pay for it you can even just have a friend that you are both in the same mindset and you're moving together. Like that's all you need. Mm -hmm. Right. I really believe that doing it with someone is so important. And then you attract more of those people into your life. Like even, you know, one of my seamstresses, we talk about all these things about life and how it works. And it's just, we have some of the best conversations and I like, we attracted each other into our lives. Right. So Oh, it's so beautiful. I love, I love this conversation. It's so good. (laughs) You know, it's, it's so true though, that we have to really understand. So this game, this whole game of self-discovery, self-love, self-evolution is a toggling between logic and heart, logic and heart, right? Because sometimes our heart doesn't believe what we want to happen is even possible. And so that's where we have to lean on logic. And Mm -hmm. other times we use logic to talk ourselves out of the things our heart actually wants. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to lean on heart. But in this instance, when it comes to coping mechanisms and self compassion, I want to share a statistic with your audience. So it lands on a conceptual level. A couple of years ago, a statistic was released by some scientists who had been doing this work between the mind and body connection. And what they found is that um, the average human, the average adult has 80 to 100,000 thoughts a day. Of those 80 to 100,000 thoughts a day, 
90% of them are repetitive. Of those 90% that are repetitive, 95% of them were negative. So if you think about that, we only consciously experience probably 5% of our thoughts that are in occurrence, right? We're only radically aware of like the things that are happening in the very moment. And most of it is just like this. It's like having a record spinning 24 hours a day. Eventually you're going to tune out the words. You're going to tune out the melody, but you're going to hear that droning of sound. And this is what our negative thought patterns do. They just, they, they just exist in the subconscious reminding us that we're not enough, not worthy, incapable, blah, 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 not smart enough, not pretty enough, too loud, too much, not enough of this, not too much of that, blah, 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 blah. It just goes, it drones on. And so when we understand that we really only have control about of about five to 10% of our thoughts, then we can kind of put the sword of the fight down a little bit. And we can say, okay, if I'm in control of five to 10% of my thoughts, then I'm in control of five to 10% of the things I say to myself every day. And this is where the micro shifts that take up space over time, right? When we talk about changing coping strategies, we're not putting too much pressure on ourselves to change everything all at once because it doesn't work. It's like, can you make micro shifts? One of the first things I did when I started this is I used to be really reactive. And when I'm still to this day, when I have really difficult, really stressful seasons, my reactivity, my fight response is like glaringly obvious. But one of the first things I did was make a promise to myself that I wouldn't react in the moment. And so the only thing I did was say nothing, which sometimes was the hardest thing I'd ever done. I was like, just say nothing. Because I really want to be the kind of woman who can have an adult conversation without a fight. I really want to be the kind of mother who's able to take a deep breath and respond in a way that I'm proud of. And so that was the only shift I had committed to making. That was it. Do not react. Breathe first. And if you still can't respond in an appropriate way, don't at all. And so that was the only focus I had of the five to 10% of my thoughts. My, my conscious brain was do not react. Mm. And it, you would blow your own mind at how quickly, if you are really intentionally focused on one new opportunity to stand in that new version of yourself and you just do it all the time, how quickly you actually create a new habit. And when we talk about the 95%, the 90 to 95% droning in your mind, when you are hyper-focused and hyper-intentional about shifts, little tiny baby micro shifts over time, you start to turn the record off and put a new record on. We get to reprogram the subconscious mind, which means we get to decide to make changes in who we are in this world, but they do not happen overnight and it cannot be all or nothing. Because you will fail, you will feel like you're failing the fight of your life on both ends. If you're like, it's black and it's white and that's it. Mm -hmm. It's not black and it's white. It's can I promise myself that I will do this one tiny thing different today? Yes. Okay. And then can I promise myself I'm going to do this tiny little thing different? 
Yes? Okay. I'm going to do it again and again and again and again and again and again. And the micro shifts ripple into these big macro movements of your life. And before you know it, you're a different woman. Yeah. When I first started this work, actually, it still happens. I have clients who say, well, like, how will I know that I love myself? And I always say, you won't until you do. (laughs) You just won't, right? You'll feel like you're just going through the motions and you're working really hard at this and you're working really hard at this and nothing is changing. And it's really frustrating and I don't feel different. And then you'll get triggered like nothing else. And you'll respond to it in a different way and you'll sit back and you'll go oh did I just was that yeah me? is that the new me now <laughs> it's Damn. so true oh I just I didn't even my kids sometimes they notice and they're just like you're not mad <laughs> like you're no. like no no I'm not mad I'm I'm okay yeah but yeah. it's those little things over time you know you really don't feel the work working until something happens and you get this like aerial view of yourself in this situation and you're like holy shit look who that was yeah yeah you know and so I just I think it's so important that that we focus on the micro moments the progressive it's so true those little things that you do every day like the consistency the showing up for yourself like um I talk a lot about like because I went through a season of grief recently and, and doing stress management, because I do the stress management all the time. It doesn't matter what season I'm going through, but you can only show up to the slowest part that you can move. Mm -hmm. So if that's all you can do, then you showed up for you today and that's okay. Right. And those moments matter. Right. So like, if you can only show up and watch a Netflix series that makes you laugh, then that's showing up for yourself even and then like don't shame yourself oh I'm binging I'm not do-. like just if it's making you happy when you're going through something hard then that's all that matters right mm-hmm. you you woke up today right like you got out of yeah. bed you got dressed fantastic or you stayed in your pajamas or whatever like you are always able to show up for yourself and make those choices so yeah the little things that you do really consistently change it's like I mean I'm on like a weight loss journey right now, quotations, because I don't care about the weight too much. It's more about my health, but I, you know, you don't notice until you put those pants on that didn't fit you and they button up and you're like, oh crap, it's working. Like I don't, I I don't go on the scale. So I don't really know for sure, but I notice the little changes my body is making. And that's because I'm showing up for myself. I've made this commitment. I have a community behind me that is helping me. Right. And, and I'm just doing the things like if it's just the lemon water in the morning, fantastic. If it's just getting your sleep in, making sure you get those eight hours or whatever you need. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so like, it's those little things that really build up the momentum to be who you are meant to be. And for you to then choose how you will react and what, like what happens next, you are actually Mm -hmm. the director of your life we get to choose. And so many of us, we get on that hamster wheel and we're just in autopilot and we don't make the choices. Right. So yeah. Oh, that's and so, we, that's so good. Yeah. We don't feel like we have choice. Yeah. No. You know, we really don't feel like we have choice in our mm-hmm. own life. 
And what a prison to live in, you know, of your own world. I don't even, I I still don't understand that piece of like how society ends up, it gets us all to that place where we don't feel like we have choice. We don't feel like we have choice over our health. We don't feel like we have choice over our roles. We don't feel like we have choice over, you know, our finances. We don't, we, there's so many things that women don't feel like they have choice over. So they're in the hamster wheel. They're just in it because survival, we yeah. need survival here. You just feel like you're surviving. Yeah. You know, and, and this concept. Like trying to gasp for air when you're doing something. <laughs> right. It's like this concept of thriving, you know, as much as I love the coaching industry, like really being bold about saying you don't have to survive, you can thrive. I think mm-hmm. it also has become such a carrot for so many who don't feel Like they can tread water anymore, Mm -hmm. but there's misconceptions out there too. And so this is why I love conversations like this with women like you, we are women who will tell the real raw truth of how to get there and the reality, you know, it's not easy. It's not as easy as you do this and then you're here. No, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the, in between, you know, in the, the limbo per se, right? Like there's so much that goes on there. There's so much growth. And if you're willing to get uncomfortable, for yourself and those around you, then your life will shift and change. But Mm -hmm. it is not a comfortable journey to go through all the things that you're going through. It just, it's worth it. Right. And, and so like coaches like you and myself, like we're able to help women, you know, move through seasons and, and guide them. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's their decision. It's their choice to listen to us. We're just Mm -hmm. providing guidance and hella support, right? Like all the support and being the biggest cheerleaders for you. But you have to do the work just like we do the work and we show up and we show you that we're doing the work, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so good. So that segue of like surviving is a, is a beautiful one into stress management. So I love, ask me all the questions, baby. Okay. So stress management is always (laughs) it's just become such a big thing on my heart. Um, I think it's because I had such terrible anxiety when I was a kid. Um, and now that I do do stress management, it's a thing you do. Right. Um, and it, I'm, I'm a complete, like I, I get anxiety, but I know how to relax myself. I've built this resource toolkit or stacked it or whatever you want to call it. But I have so many resources that I can go to that, you know, sometimes it's just like, okay, Amanda, just sit still for a second. Cause maybe I feel like I'm moving too fast. And that's why the anxiety is happening. It's like in this moment, what's going on? So how do you manage your stress? I mean, you're a busy mom and you got this awesome coaching business and you're always doing the things. So, so, and I, renovations and all the stuff right so like how do you manage through all that I know you were talking about how June is like such a crazy time Mm -hmm. for you when we were chatting before and pardon me and I just like how do you manage yourself through that so that you don't lose your mind or be reactive right like you have those reactive moments so one I do lose my mind and (laughs) 
I don't shame myself for it. Right. I really feel very out of control in the month of June. Um, So for context with people, all my kids have birthdays and it's the end of the school year. And, you know, there's end of end of fall sports, starting of summer sports that overlap. And it's like, I literally, I'm a really well-oiled machine most of the year, but in June, it's just this unraveling of like, I cannot stay on top of the things that need to happen. And both of my kiddos are neurodivergent. And so when things are out of whack for them, they spiral. And so that's an added piece in my world where it's like, Mm -hmm. I tread water so that they feel safe. But the reality is mama drowns, right? A little bit. It's a little bit of this unraveling. So how do I manage it? One, I don't shame myself for feeling like I'm just making it. I do not shame myself. Two, I allow myself space every day. So what does that look like? Well, it depends on the day. If I wake up after a good sleep, I'm going to move my body. It's going to be the first thing I do. Because I know that when I give my body the love and attention it deserves in a healthy, loving way, I actually spark my creativity. I feel more productive. And then I feel better. Overall, if I wake up on a day like, let's say today, we were talking about how we're both a little sleepy today, um, where I don't feel like I had a really sound sleep, probably because I'm trying to remember everything, right? And so I'm not sleeping soundly. Well, then I start my day in um, meditation. So I carve out 15 to 30 minutes every morning before my kids get up to give myself the love and attention that I deserve. And I also end my day every day with whatever my soul is calling. So if that means I'm in bed with a book at 8.15, I'm in bed with a book at 8.15. If that means that I, I'm going to watch trash TV and eat maybe not so great snacks until I basically fall asleep on the couch in June, that gets to be okay. Mm. And so it's this beautiful practice of self-honorance for where I am. And that's how I manage my stress. I also don't hide that from my children. I don't hide that we're busy. It's open communication around when stress is high, we need to find the ways that work for us because life is stressful and things come out of left field. And for my tiny little neurodivergence, it's very, very difficult when things get out of whack. And so I model in real time that it's not always pretty when things are out of whack, but we are able to get through and we are able to meet the expectations that we have on our plate Mm -hmm. and that we also are able to love ourselves through the hard times. Yeah. Those are my, probably the most prominent strategies I have. I also journal religiously every day. Um, I also, I'm very mindful of um, my time so that I'm not adding too much to my plate. Yeah. And I got really good over the years at saying no. 
that's a big stress management tip is saying no, for sure. Mm-hmm. So the more we stack on, the more we stack on, the more we stack on, it just doesn't work. Right. And that's like with the bridal business, I have to manage things so much. And if I know that we have already have 20 dresses for the month, I'm not saying yes to that month. That's it. Right. And mm-hmm. I used to, I used to just take everything on and we can, and I can like, I did a lot of it on my own for a long time. And now I have sewers that help me. Right. Like they're sewing right now while I'm sitting here <laughs> doing this. So just what I've been, you know, manifesting here. So <laughs> it's pretty beautiful, but you know, like you have to really manage your time. And, and that's why my course is the first module is routine and planning. Like, Mm -hmm. because every single woman that I have interviewed, um, and every friend that I have, um, that is on the same kind of mindset as me is their routine and planning. Like that is their first thing that they do. And honestly, it is the first thing you need to do with stress management. It really is so that you can, even if things, you know, life happen moments, right at least you can figure it out. You can delegate, you can move things like it's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. When you already know your schedule, you already know your plan, you already know your routine. So like, that's so amazing. And and of course, I'm not surprised that that's what you do, right? Yeah. (laughs) Because it makes a big difference in your life in each and every moment of your day. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, I also, it flew out of my head. (laughs) (laughs) um oh what were you saying it's okay uh it'll come back probably it was like there and then it was gone so right and I think you know I I think it's so important to highlight that the majority of women who hop on this decision to better ourselves and to go through this journey so many of us are highly ambitious high achievers and so we desire to have a lot of balls in the air at Mm -hmm. one time yeah. Right. We're multi-passionate by nature. We have this longing for more. And so if we are not able to create structure and make sense of our actual physical calendar of life, mm-hmm. we are unable to quiet the mind and all the balls yeah. fall. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I started this journey while I was running another very successful business as a single mother, like There were no extra hours in my world. Everything was documented. And one of the other things I do, and I think I should throw that out there and I should have, it should have been priority, but I didn't think about it is I put my phone down at eight o'clock at night and I do not pick it up again. I do not scroll TikTok. I don't consume. You know why I don't consume? Because my business is online. So if I consume and a message comes in, what am I going to do? 100%. Yeah, I know. So all of the people in my real world, my friends, my family know if you need me after 8 p.m., you are physically going to have to call me because I will not see it. Mm. No text is coming through. No, you know, nothing's coming through. You're going to yeah. have to call me. And when we are able to put boundaries, healthy boundaries, boundaries, in place, boundaries, boundaries, yeah. And we're able to prioritize our physical, emotional, and mental and spiritual needs on top of keeping the balls in the air, that is where you find your sweet spot, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like knowing what's coming up for you allows you to the opportunity to quiet the mind. When you quiet the mind, you allow room for rest. When you allow room for rest, rest, you come back stronger. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And 
that really is the, you know, it, if you ask any millionaire, any billionaire, any highly successful person, they will often say three non-negotiables are planning, mm-hmm. rest, and exercise. Because when we take care of the mind, body, and soul, right? We take care of all rounded person. We are actually unstoppable mm-hmm. in anything we want. But when we sacrifice one and lean into the other two pretty heavy, we're off kilter. I would also add play. Absolutely. Play is Do you know Richard Branson? That's he plays all the time. Because is play is everything. It's everything. It brings so much joy. It gets those happiness endorphins and all the fun and laughter is healing. Mm-hmm. Fun is healing for you moving. And that can include moving your body. Yeah. So yeah, I totally, I remembered what I was going to talk about too. Okay, good. <laughs> it came to me. Um, totally agree with you there. Uh, and just, yeah. So adding that play in too. Perfect. Um, so going with the flow, you said that you like to go with whatever you feel you're feeling for. And I love that. I do that too, because for me, and so many people think they have to get up at 5am and they have to do all these things and they have to do the same thing every single day. And that's just not true because at the end of the day, you can end up burning yourself out because you're doing that, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. you're not listening to your body. You're just doing what you think you need to do. And you're shooting all over yourself. That one. (laughs) (laughs) right but going with the flow allows you to okay you have this list which is why I have the joy list as well right but like you have this list of things that you can choose from and you just do it journal dance yoga go for a walk you know like whatever that may be like right now I'm in a season where every morning I go for a 30 minute walk it's just that the time of year we're in mm-hmm. and I love it and it's moving my body and I listen to something and I'm just feeling motivated and I'm thinking of things that like I get really inspired when I do that so you know and that's I'm craving doing that but some days when I can't necessarily go because of something shown up that I can't go for my walk I'll do some stretching. I'll think I'll just have like, what would I rather do right now? What would, what, what could I do right now? Because I can't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I go with that flow because I'm flowing with life. I can't do this because I have an appointment. So what can I do? Right. Mm -hmm. And then it just helps you not feel like you have to do this. You have to No, there's days where I wake up at six 30 and there's days that I wake up at eight. Like it yeah. just depends. And I mean, I, I guess I'm more flexible because I work from home, but you know, like I just, I listen to my body and like this mm-hmm. morning I could have gotten up at six 30, but I didn't because I was up late last night and I was like, I'm going to sleep till like eight and lie in bed till like eight 20 and then get everybody up. Right. So it just, just going with the flow of life and allowing yourself to get the rest that you need right and and um without moving your body however that looks it mm-hmm. can be a few stretches in the morning right it, or whenever like it doesn't have to be this strenuous thing I one of the things I talk about a lot is exercise and like if you push yourself to do an hour workout every day and you don't want 
to, you're creating more stress for yourself than if you just did a 20 minute quick little thing, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever, 10 minute stretch. Like, you know, you have to listen to your body. It's so important. And going with the flow, that's how you do it. You listen to yourself. You ask yourself questions. And like people might think it's weird, but it's not. It's not not. ask yourself questions at all. You know, asking yourself questions and honoring the answers is quite literally how you build a relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm, mm And we're the most consistent relationship we'll ever have. So like I'm never leaving myself. Ever. (laughs) Ever. We can't, right? No. That's not possible. So be your own best friend and do your thing. Right. And, and, you know, we talk, this is called just go love yourself. And it's a self-love is a very trendy thing that occurs in that has been in occurrence for a long time. And a lot of people teach it in a very misleading way. Um, but for me, it's self-honorance. And when we ask ourselves questions like what feels right to move your body today, or what do you need today? and you learn to honor the answer, you will radically transform your life. Yeah. And so I don't care if you wake up and you say, what do I need today? And the answer is an overpriced latte. That's what I need because I'm sad or because I'm tired or because quite literally, I just want to shake the ice in my Starbucks cup. I just want it. And you allow yourself to have it. You allow yourself to sit in you know, gratitude for that moment of, I wanted it and it's mine now. And I'm proud of myself because I honored that, but also I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to be an intense gratitude for this gets to be my life. When we are able to do those things, or if the next day it's like, I really want to go to a yoga class and you go, or I want to go out in nature because it's beautiful where we are right now. And it's summer and thank goodness we can finally go outside and you go. It's a practice of self-honorance. That's it. Yeah. And women in general are we honor everybody else's needs except our own. But the practice of self-love is not about just treating yourself with kindness. It's about honoring who you are and what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's uh some of the questions that I ask um it, myself every day and what I'm including in my program is what do I need? What do I need to hear right now? And then, and then just like doing that, whatever mm-hmm. comes up, like sometimes it's just breathe, like just breathe more. That's what happens. Yeah. You know, I get that one a lot. <laughs> just but, take a know, deep just, breath. That's it. And it's like, what do you need to hear is beautiful because you can be really cruel to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're not hearing appreciation outside of you, then you need to give yourself more. So sometimes it's like, I appreciate you. You're working so hard. I'm so proud of you. You know, Mm -hmm. like these things we need to say to ourselves. If we're not hearing it from other people, you need to say it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you need, if you need the validation from, from outside of you, then you need to do it. Yep. Right. One million percent. Yeah. So good. So good. Is there anything else, any other tip, like, is there any tips, Mm. anything else that you, you think would be uh, beneficial for our listeners that anything to do with um, compassion, you know, um, 
like just taking that grace. I know you do so much of this and, and uh, I think that it would be so beneficial for our listeners to take whatever they get from this and just roll with it. If there's something that really hit you, that's, Mm -hmm. that's something you need to listen to for sure. You know, I think we've provided a lot of different tips and a lot of different validation pieces in here, but I I would love to leave them with one last word of wisdom, I guess. And that is self-love is not a destination. This journey that you have put yourself on is one of a lifelong evolutionary opportunity. You get to, to, to do this every day. You get to honor yourself every day, but I want you to remember that there is no destination. So stop Mm -hmm. racing, stop racing Mm -hmm. to get there and be present in this beautiful expansion of who you are and who you're becoming and where you're going. Because if you're racing to the destination, you're missing all of your own incredible magic. And that is where self-love occurs. So take time be present, see yourself in your own evolution. You are like the butterfly who just spread their wings. It might not be time to fly just yet, but one day you'll fly and migrate all over. But right now you are in this opportunity to really start to recognize your own extraordinary gifts that you bring to this world. Don't miss it. So good. So good. I'm not even going to follow that up with anything that I had thoughts because that was just too good. You need to like listen to that part and just replay it over and over. I got goosebumps. I wanted to cry like so good. It activated me in a way that I'm just like, Ooh, I need that. So (laughs) thank you so much, Kelly. I'm so grateful for you to be here. Um, let everybody know where they can find you the most. I'm going to link everything down in the, the description. Um, but where can we find you? Where do you hang out? The gram is my jam, baby. Uh, Most of my time, I am very present on Instagram. You can find me there at the dot fem dot rebellion, um, where we are changing narratives and forging a new path for rebellious women to rise. Um, And I would love for you guys to check out the podcast. Love Yourself Fiercely is, I think we're close to 100 episodes of extraordinary conversations like this one, where we dive into all different experiences of self-love so you can also find me there on all major streaming platforms i love you i'm so grateful to be here and um yeah i can't wait for to hear what your people have to think yes it's gonna be so good so thank you so much for listening to the just go love yourself podcast that is our episode for today let us know what you thought and how you feel and if If you want to reach out to Kelly, go ahead. She's there for you. So thank you so much. And thanks, Kelly. Thank you.